Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the second episode of Simply Empowered, a podcast that discusses real-life issues that teens face every day and how to conquer them. I'm your host, Madeline Sang, and with me today is someone who I'm so blessed to have met, Fiona Sang. Fiona is the founder of On the Brink of Fabulous, a blog meant to help break the stigma surrounding mental illness and societal beauty standards to achieve social acceptance. Now, contrary to popular belief, Fiona and I are not related. In fact, we met a few weeks ago after she started working with me on an organization called Big Impact Tutoring, which provides free one-on-one tutoring for middle school and high school students. You can find us at www.bigimpacttutoring.com. She's one of the most confident and balanced people I know. And so in today's episode, we'll talk about how to keep a healthy balance in life when it comes to friendships, school, and extracurriculars. As people that have packed schedules, Fiona and I both know what it's like to feel like you've bitten off more than you can chew. Hopefully, after this interview, you all feel more confident about life. But first things first. Hi, Fiona. It's so great to have you on Simply Empowered. How are you doing? I'm doing better than ever. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so glad that you're here. So um, you're junior in high school right now, right? Yes. Awesome. So how's high school right now for you? Is it really busy because of distance learning or... You know, actually, it's been quite different from being in school. I actually like it better, which is hard to believe (laughs) because, (laughs) I don't know, I feel like there's so much time in the classroom that is spent not learning, and so now Mm -hmm. I can do things on my own time, which is a lot better. Yeah, that's totally an amazing point. I'm one of those people that really need to be around other people. Otherwise, like, my energy just drops, but it's so amazing to know that there are actually people in the world that can benefit from distance learning. (laughs) So that's awesome. So before all this stuff happened with COVID-19 outbreak, how busy were you? Like when it comes to extracurriculars, high school? Well, actually in 10th grade, I was a lot more busy than I was junior year because Mm -hmm. I cut out a lot of things my junior year, knowing that I was going to be doing a lot of schoolwork and AP testing and all that. Mm -hmm. So in 11th grade, I danced, played piano. I stopped playing flute after 10th grade. But yeah, I also cut out a lot of clubs junior year. So that was good. Yes. Okay. So let's talk about your sophomore year then, because it sounds like you had a lot going on. So um, like, what exactly did you do class-wise, extracurriculars, um, other things? Okay. So sophomore year, I had four AP classes. Two of them were sciences. Mm -hmm. One of them was math. And then the other one was A-push. Ooh. Um, yeah, it was quite a bit for 10th grader, but actually mm-hmm. this year I have six, but I'm still managing, so it's fine. Oh um, <laughs> yeah. Wow. But, okay. Yeah. So I used to dance a lot more in 10th grade, a lot of hours per week, but now I mm-hmm. don't anymore, which is good, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's really good setting like a boundary for yourself on like how much you can handle. So that's a really good decision that you made, I guess. Yeah. Um, but sure. how long have you been dancing before that? Since... I was in elementary school, like first grade, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. What styles did you do then? And like, what, I guess, did you do during dance? Did you join any teams? Yeah. So I'm on my school's dance company. And before then, when I first started, it was like traditional Chinese dancing. So it was kind of strange to me. But then I transitioned into like American style dancing with like jazz and ballet, hip hop. I tried tap, but not so good at that. So I <laughs> did not do that. No, I mean, that's way more than I could ever do. I do not know my right foot from my left, so I cannot <laughs> dance for the life of me. 
So you said you did Chinese uh, style dance, right? So how is that different from American style dance? The teaching style is very different with like your instructor and stuff. I definitely enjoy American style dancing more than Chinese dancing because I don't know, I feel like Asian style dancing, like teaching is very strict. (laughs) So I definitely enjoyed American dancing more. Yeah. Well, it's awesome that you got a chance to experience both of them, right? Because you're um, a second generation immigrant, right? So it's amazing that you're still immersed in your culture, right? Yeah, for sure. Do you do any other extracurriculars or did you do any other extracurriculars? I did piano and I started that when I was six. So I've been doing Mm -hmm. that for a long time. I did flute and then um, I used to swim competitively. I used Mm -hmm. to ice skate as well um, and do volleyball. But yeah, I stopped doing all Wow. <laughs> you sound like the girl that does like everything, you literally know, really, everything. <laughs> I tried to, but mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it's not something you can keep up for a long time. Yeah. Otherwise you're like spread out too thin, right? Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, you're so accomplished though. I, you've even started your own organization on the brink of fabulous. What caused you to start this organization? Like what made you think, oh, I really want to do something that helps people feel less ashamed of mental health issues or body image? What made you want Um, to start it? Well, okay. So I guess I have a story with this. Um, I was born with so many allergies and also Mm -hmm. like eczema, which is like, it definitely impacts your physical appearance. So as a child, I was really bummed out. and My self-esteem was terrible because I was like, people are going to be staring at me all the time because it looks so different and my skin's not perfect. But then I grew up and I was like, people don't really look at that and they don't really care. They care about what you do. Mm-hmm. So I just want people to know that. And yeah. spread the word. Wow, that's such an amazing reason to start it. And so far, she's written two amazing blog posts. You have to check them out. Like I've read them and honestly, it's so well written. So you all should check that out when you have a chance. It's called On the Brink of Fabulous. Thanks. So yeah. Okay, so let's move on to like, you said you have a lot of stuff going on in your life. You're starting your own blog organization. You're doing tutoring too. Like, how do you balance all all these things? Do you ever feel like you might have overcommitted? Yeah, I mean, I used to feel that a lot, but now Mm -hmm. I have a lot of extra time and I felt like I should spend that time doing something valuable because I never used to have that time and always complained about not having enough time to do the Mm -hmm. things that I wanted to do, but now I do. So um, I just want to make use of that time and be more productive with it. So I guess that's my motivation for now. Yeah, that's, that's an amazing motivation, honestly. But you said you're taking actually more academic like AP classes than you did your sophomore year. So how do you actually have more time if you're committed to more things? How do you make time? I used to stay up so late doing all my homework, mm-hmm. but this year I realized that, you know, even if you don't finish all your homework, it's not the end of the world. That's like, totally true. I don't go to sleep at 3 a.m. anymore. I wake up earlier because I figured out that I'm more productive in the morning. So yeah, sometimes I get up at 4 or 5 and I go to school at like 7, so... Yeah, it's better that way for me. So Get more done. Yeah. So you kind of like looked at your strengths and weaknesses and try to find a way to tailor your work schedule to fit with that, right? Yeah, definitely. And then like cutting down stuff. Like I feel like that's one of the most important things, like mm-hmm. quality over quantity, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like for me personally, I am currently taking five classes. So not as much as you, obviously, <laughs> but it still feels like a heck of a ton of things to do. So I think that it's a really great idea to be able to find what like what you're strong at and then focus on that rather than just being burned out by doing a million things, you know? Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. Okay. So, but the thing is with taking a lot of commitments, even if you cut down some stuff, there's always stress. So how do you think that um, is the best way to emotionally process stress? Because I know everyone handles stress differently, but like, what yeah. do you think is like a general way to help process the emotion of stress? You know, I think you really have to find out what makes you happy and what you can spend hours doing and mm-hmm. incorporate part of that into your everyday schedule. Um, like before I didn't figure out that I liked writing so much because I was like, oh, it's just schoolwork. It's terrible. But then I started journaling. And it's like mm-hmm. a really nice way to like check into your emotions and know what your boundaries are. Wow, that's so amazing. So if you're saying that like doing journaling helped you like reflect more on your life choices, right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. And yeah. right, I started writing down what I was grateful for, mm-hmm. um, like three things that I was grateful for every single day. And that's really helped me because I feel like I used to take everything for granted and like complain mm-hmm. about how hard my life was. Yeah. Then I started realizing like, oh, there's so many things that are good that are going on in my life. So I have to appreciate that. Wow. Actually, that, that makes me think about things because I know a lot of people that might dismiss the idea of writing down what you're grateful for as just like a gimmick, you know, just yeah. that people use as marketing strategies to sell more bullet journals. So how does it actually change your mindset as someone who's done it? Oh, it's just kind of like an outlet. Like I'm sure everybody has like an outlet. And mm-hmm. I used to, it used to be like dancing for me, but then I was like, you know, dancing didn't bring that much value besides like some exercise. And I was like, there's other ways to be able to let your emotions out. Um, but it's made me a lot happier, like writing down things and being able to physically look at the things that I've done. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think in my personal opinion, I love to have a tangible record of um, things that I'm grateful for. So sometimes I take pictures. Sometimes I just write it down like you do. So the best way you can do it is have something you can look at and then remember those good times because then you can change your mindset a little bit more easily than if you're just trying to remember it, you know? Yeah. And also when you take like pictures or like write down things of like good things that happen in your life, when you're not feeling that great, you can look back and be like, oh, I've done these things. It's not the end of the world. Like I can still go back to doing good things. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I feel like sharing things and letting somebody know about your life is a lot better than keeping it all in and having oh, to yeah. struggle with it yourself. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. And back to like the stress thing, I completely agree with you said there, like there's no way to actually eliminate stress from your lives. And I think that's something that a lot of us tried earlier on. Like I know I did. I just tried to limit anything that caused me stress, which actually was really unhealthy because there's always just new outlets. And I think it's the, the best way to respond to stress or like prevent it from happening is just changing the way that you view it, you know, like looking at it from an optimistic perspective. That's my opinion though. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say like motivation is one of the key things in life that will get you um, to not be stressed because then you feel like you want to do things instead of like having Mm -hmm. everything being a burden. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So um, speaking of mindsets, how important is mindset when handling things like academically? Because I personally think that I separate my like academic life from my personal life. So I don't have as many emotions besides just like stress and frustration. So how can we change our mindset when handling things like school? Um, Well, I say a lot of people complain about school and how awful it is, but just Mm -hmm. realize that a lot of people don't have the opportunity to learn. So when you really think about it, you're like, oh, I have so many things to learn and I should be taking advantage of this and not be complaining. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, don't take classes or do things that you 
really don't like to like don't do it because your classmates are doing it like I used to do that and it was so bad because I was so bad at a subject mm-hmm. and they're all really good and it just made me feel really bad about myself yeah, yeah so, so definitely like beginning to live your own life in that sense like choosing your own decisions because it's what makes you happy is mm-hmm. such an amazing way to go when like addressing things like mindset or something like that because then you can hold yourself accountable too you know you don't have to just you don't have to just do it because like oh my friends are doing it in fact it's like allowing you to take your own responsibility for your actions yeah and when you think about like the most successful people on this earth they're like famous people like they're not following other people they're doing Mm -hmm. what makes them happy so that's why they're so successful so right now what are you doing to follow that makes you happy like besides your organization is there anything else that you do to really like follow your passion or your happiness yeah well um I don't know I like to partake in research because I do have crazy allergies so Mm -hmm. it kind of gives me like um, I want to like a sense of closure, you know, mm-hmm. because I have all these things and I'm like, I need, I need to figure out <laughs> what's happening to me. So that's been my motivation, but also like creative outlets, like playing piano. I used to not like playing piano or practicing, but once mm-hmm. you start like doing things on your own, you're like, Oh, I like doing this. And they honestly, that's like the biggest thing you have to like doing things. So I just, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Now, there are some things that, like, we have to do that we may not like. So how – I know, like, besides taking, like, an optimistic standpoint, is there anything else we can do to kind of change the way we think about it so that we don't necessarily hate what we do? Do it with your friends. <laughs> Very, like – they can hold you accountable. Like if you're like, okay, we're going to both do this at this time, then you're going to get it done and done quicker than if you're going to like mosey around for like five hours and trying to do it yourself, but not being motivated. Oh yeah, for sure. That, that makes so much sense because like, otherwise if you're doing it alone, you have like no one to hold you accountable, no motivation. So the best way I think is just to like really have someone to lean on. Like what you said, that's such an amazing way of putting it that like the way that you said that we need someone to be able to be, we can rely on, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. I know that you said that you overloaded yourself with a lot of classes in 10th grade, right? When was like your aha moment when you realized that you needed to change the way that you saw life and the way you also like made decisions when it came to what you were involved in? Um, it was a sort of junior year. I got through... 10th grade and that was really rough and then in the summer I was like I don't want to ever experience that again in my life so um yeah junior year and people are like I was sober now junior year so I was like okay I really have to make changes in my life because I don't want to be like that I was already burned out 10th grade so I'm not gonna burn myself out again in 11th grade yeah I can't I totally agree with that otherwise you're just gonna start losing your passion for things you actually do enjoy, you know, like it actually can lead to a lot of other things that um, are not emotionally healthy. So drawing boundaries and learning how to work within those boundaries, I think is a really healthy way to Mm -hmm. view things that are something that you're not necessarily happy about doing, you know? Yep. Mm -hmm. Cool. So um, how can you help someone else like realize that they need to change their mindset, like without offending them and hurting them? Because I know like, I don't know if you had friends at that point that realized that you were burning out or um, telling you that you were burning out. Did you have anyone like that? No, I had to figure it out all on my own. Um, 
because they're all very vigorous people. Like mm-hmm. they do like science fair, like all these clubs. And I was like, you know, I can't really put up with all this because I'm mm-hmm. not on that level. Like I also don't want to do it. Um, so I kind of had to figure it out for myself. And I, I was like, I'm kind of a lacking because I'm not really doing anything because everybody mm-hmm. else is doing so many things. But um, I guess my mom was really the one that like, yeah, she was like, Fiona, you need to stop doing what everybody else is doing. So, mm-hmm. For sure. And it actually reminds me of something like someone um, we know said once, you can't just do something just because you feel like you have to do it. You have to be passionate about it. You have to be happy to do it, right? So, yeah, I think yeah. that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have a good quality of life if you don't like what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, so since you had someone to help you sort of like get through this thing and like help you realize that you needed to change, do you have any advice for someone that realizes that maybe their friend is starting to burn out and they want to help their, them change their other friend's mindset without offending and hurting them? Yeah. Um, honestly, I think that you're not going to offend and hurt them if you're trying to help them be more healthy. Uh, like, if you really want the best for them, I think the best ways to like integrate it into normal conversation at first. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have a friend like that right now. Like she, her parents are very, very strict. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she does have a lot of pressure, but like being able to talk to her and be like, Oh, what are you doing today? Like maybe you should go bake a cake, you know, do something <laughs> that she wants to do and just encourage her honestly or him. Yeah, honestly, I think that's amazing advice. Being instead of like being someone that just tells your friend what to do, the best thing you can do is really encourage them and lift them up, right? Because it's like your place as their friend. Yeah, and you never go like, dude, stop being so depressing. Like that is not mm-hmm. that's not the way to go. You always yeah, want to be positive about what you're saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, because you can't just handle it all by yourself. You're just gonna, as I said before, just internalize it and implode. Mm-hmm. And that is not healthy for anyone, and we do not want that. So, so um, let's talk about our theme right now is balance, right? So let's talk about balances between friendship. I've always heard that friendships and even like relationships are give and take. But what are your thoughts on that specific perspective? Um, I think that both parties of the relationship should mm-hmm. be contributing equally, but there are times that where you can, where you like you can't contribute equally because you are so busy. But mm-hmm. then that's when you have to help them even more. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't help them so much that you can't have a relationship where they take advantage of you. You have to realize when that's happening and take yeah. yourself out of that situation. So how can you realize, like, when you're in that situation, what are some things that are indicators? Um, like, when they talk to you only when they want something from you. Mm-hmm. So, like, if, if that's, like, academically, if they only want your help for homework, um, they don't want to talk to you because they, they only <laughs> talk to you for homework purposes. Like, they want something from you. They don't want you as a friend. Yeah, they want you as, like, a tutor, which... Exactly. Mm. <laughs> so... Basically, you want to make sure that you're watching out for um, people that are just using you, right? Because in order to have a balanced friendship, you really need to learn how to lean on both of each other. Like if you think about two cards stacked against each other, if one is leaning more than the other, both of them are going to fall, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's not good for either one of them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like it's going to cause a lot of drama for sure if that happens. Oh, 100%. Okay. So we're talking about like if they are like not reciprocating, right? If they're not reciprocating the way that you care about them, even if it's just a friendship. 
Do you think there's a certain point in life where we need to realize that maybe we're expecting too much and we're putting so much in for certain reasons and that we should kind of dial it back? Um, yeah, I feel like you will realize once you're being taken advantage of mm-hmm. and that you need to be able to control yourself and not always give your all to that person, even if you are really attached to them. I completely empathize with the people that are going through a situation like this. I have the hardest time saying no to people. Like I cannot <laughs> say that word. Uh, yeah, it's actually a problem. But um, it's just because like it comes from a deep need to make sure that everyone's happy. Yeah, you have to definitely think about everything that you do. Sometimes you have to put some effort into it to figure that out. Oh yeah, for sure. Introspection is probably one of the hardest things for humans to do because it's hard taking responsibility for things that we don't necessarily want to think about, you know? Yeah. And people are afraid of that. Like they don't want to think about things (laughs) where (laughs) they're putting so much effort into when nothing's going to come out of it. Yeah. I mean, at that point, I think we just need to realize that instant gratification like of like fixing something isn't always going to happen with introspection or with reflection or with discussing with other friends. It just takes time, you know, healthy mindsets take time. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and like empathy is one thing, especially as us teens, as we're growing, it's so hard to like get out of our own head and think of someone else. But when you yeah. do it, honestly gives such amazing results. It's almost mind blowing that there's a world outside of us, right? Yeah. But, um, Once you do realize it, it's completely life-changing and it helps you realize how much you care for other people. So I love that. Yeah. Okay, last question. And this is the biggest question of the day, in my opinion. What can we do to make ourselves emotionally healthy? I'm not just talking like work-life balance. I'm not talking about like friendships, body image, mental health, the whole shebang. How can we make ourselves emotionally healthy? Um, I would say you have to be, well emotionally healthy I don't know it's kind of like a combination of everything it's hard to be like emotionally healthy because like you can't always be happy you know like that's just not life you can't always be happy um so you definitely need to have to be able to have emotions I know that like if you have emotions and it doesn't mean that you're not healthy like people are like Mm -hmm. oh my gosh I'm always so happy I'm so healthy like but that's not what being healthy is like emotionally healthy is you have to be able to feel things like being angry and like being sad yeah um yeah for sure and I think I would see it as like accepting that we are human beings we are growing people everyone else around us is are, are growing people you know so accepting that things aren't always going to be perfect and the things we do feel are so legitimate are is something that i think a lot of us teens could learn about life because life isn't always going to be perfect but we can try to make it like do our very best in the world you know yeah and there's like a reason why you have emotions like you don't just Mm -hmm. have emotions just because like if you're crying there's a reason you're crying you have to figure that out and then you can learn from it like we all we have emotions for a reason yeah, and I completely agree with that. All right. Um, thank you so much for being here, Fiona. Hope you have an amazing week. Yeah, thank you so much. Okay. That was Fiona saying on how to maintain a healthy balance in life. Please remember that while this podcast is meant to empower individuals and help them learn how to respond to difficult times in an emotionally healthy way, this is not professional advice. If you or someone you know needs further help and advice, please consult a licensed professional. 
This is Madeline Sang, your host for Simply Empowered, a podcast for teens by teens. Thank you so much to our listeners and supporters for tuning in and hope you have an empowered week. Thank you.